Welcome to Real Life, the program that talks about the life of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond. The people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate with your host, broker associate of Sotheby's International Realty, John Christopher. Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host, John Christopher. And today I have with me one of the North Fork's top producer, Mary Terry. Hey, Mary, how are you today? Good. How are you, John? I'm I'm wonderful. It's a gorgeous day. So how, you know, it can't get any better, right? That's right. That's right. Before we start talking about what's happening in the North Fork, uh, let's talk about you. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the Hampton Bays. I went to school in Southampton. Uh, and I went to Mercy High School in Riverhead, and then I'm a real Long Island girl. Then I graduated from Dowling College. Oh, that's interesting. So you're a local girl. That's So you've seen how the Hamptons and, and the North Fork has changed over the years. Uh, any thoughts about that? Is it, you think it's for the best, or do you think people should, uh, uh, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts? I would say I grew up on the South Fork, but I've lived on the North Fork now for almost five years. And it, North Fork has drastically changed, drastically. Um, so? You know, it's, it was potato farmers and now it's vineyards. You you drive yeah. on that North Road. You have to do it soon, John. Uh, you've, you might as well be in Tuscany. It's absolutely stunning. Wow. Yeah. I haven't been there in a while. And, you know, it's interesting. How many... How many vineyards are there now? Oh, there's a lot. I have a map downstairs. Uh, there's a local artist, Jackie Maloney, and I have one of her paintings that that uh, it's the island and it marks every single vineyard. Wow, well, that's that is interesting. Um, you know, when I was uh, besides the vineyards, you know, they uh, one of the things I just read recently was that uh, there's uh, distilleries now, and I was just reading that Field and Sound. Have you heard of that? The, of that distillery it's considered the third best bourbon in the world wow wow yeah, i did I, read it. I did read about it but i have not tasted it yet i'm really not a bourbon drinker but i have okay. noticed there are some distilleries and i'm just uh pointing out to my granddaughter all the farms and i was trying to explain to her that there's now they grow hops to make the beer but of, I, did, uh, I couldn't explain potatoes. to her what hops were <laughs> yeah. so you can great. see you can see all the crops yeah so what were you doing before real estate before real estate i ran the food program at uh southampton university uh i ran for the writers program for the students for um you know all, all the events there it was, it was a lot of fun i did that right up until um un- until they shut the campus down wow and then you segued into uh, real estate Yes. Yeah, I did. Hmm. So that's yeah. great. So did you have, was there anything that prompted you to do that? I mean, or did you say, let's, let's give it a shot and see what happens. Well, I had a good friend that was doing it for about 30 years and uh, she was pushing me and pushing me and pushing me to do it. And uh, it's, it's been a good fit. And actually I just got my sister into the business because uh She's much younger than me. And I was explaining that I could have gone into it when I, my children were young. It's, it's very, it's a good business, you, you know, to kind of work around raising your family. 
my my kids were grown when I got into it, but uh, I encouraged her to do it. And she's doing very well and she can still make the ball games and everything else. Yeah, yeah that's so true. But sometimes, you know, you feel like uh, uh, real estate becomes more like a 24-7 job. You know, John, the rental market is really off this year, as I'm sure you know. And I woke up at six o'clock this morning and I made my tea and I went back to bed and I read my book for two and a half hours. And then I took a bike ride and I thought something is off. And then I realized I'm not running around putting out fires. You know, normally you're doing that with your tenants for at least the first week. You're just running around. You know, the grill doesn't have any gas. The pool heater is not working. And you're just running around like a lunatic. But the rental market is slow this year, and it's really peaceful. I can't believe that I'm getting to enjoy a holiday. Great. That is fabulous. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you, your experience with the, uh, the North Fork and the South Fork, uh, um, would you describe that there's a dichotomy between the Twin Forks? In other words, is there a different vibe between the two, between the North Fork and the South Fork? Definitely. Definitely. The North Fork buyers seem to be younger. They, they're they not looking for the showcase houses at all. They're looking for community. They, they're bringing their children out. They want their children to have friends. It's, it's a definitely a different, different buyer over here. Yeah. Okay. And um, where are these buyers coming from, by the way? Mostly Brooklyn. Yeah. So they want a second. Oh. Is it like as a second home, or are, they, are a lot of them coming? Yeah. Making they want orders? they want a weekend home. Got it. They want a weekend hmm. home and uh, investment. A lot of them are very savvy. You can still get more bang for your buck on the North Fork. Although both forks, you you'll as far as I'm concerned, you're never going to lose money investing on either fork. But but you True. can still still get a little bit more bang for your buck on the North Fork. Yeah, I think so. And also, it's a th you know when uh, I say different vibe, um, I haven't been there you know occasionally, but still it, the a lot of farmland and as you said, vineyards. Not like you know, so yeah, that's, uh, the vistas are great. You know, yeah, and that you know the foodie uh, establishments have really taken off on the North Fork. The everything, the craft breweries, the craft donuts, the craft chocolate. I mean, that's. I stopped in to grab something for a dessert, and there was a chocolate tasting going on. I mean, a whole room just for for tasting chocolate. So wow. yeah, it's that's, really something else. How is uh, uh, Greenport? I know Greenport's become like a mecca for a lot of people, especially with the restaurants. Uh, have you seen that change in the last ten years? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's mobbed. It's it's the new Sag Harbor. It's it's absolutely mobbed. It's packed. I was there Mother's Day and I couldn't find a parking spot. I just kept driving around and driving around. That was Mother's Day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Um, I was just curious. Have you been I, speaking to North Fork? I, I didn't realize this. There's a uh, a goat farm uh, and they make supposedly this great cheese and goat milk. Have you been there? Yes, Catapano Farms. Catapano Farms. My sister has a very high-end restaurant. And they get their cheese from there. It's in Bayshore, but they get Catapano Farm cheese. Yeah, they're, they're very well known. Wow. Okay. So uh, Also, Sang Lee Farm is very well known. Sang Lee is an amazing right. organic farm. 
and they have cooking demonstrations and everything. It's fabulous. So when do you think the uh, rental market is off this year? I think everybody that bought during COVID is trying to rent their house. There's just such a glut of inventory. That's true. Yeah, it's especially over here on the South Fork, we have the same issue. Uh, yes. I have a new rental coming on on the North Fork here. He's not quite ready because of his permitting. But I told him there's really no rush because the market is so off. And his main market is going to be fall. It's going to be the fall weddings over here, the pumpkin picking, the the vineyards, uh, you know, the weddings at the vineyards. That's going to be his his market over here. So he he shouldn't worry. Right, right. Um, are year-round rentals a hard commodity to, to uh, find? They're impossible. They're absolutely impossible. And I've been looking. Yep, I've been looking. I've been looking for my niece who just uh, moved here from Virginia. I've been looking for her for daily, daily. I'm looking for her uh, probably for three months now. And and mm -hmm. it's really, it's it's sad. Uh, but, you know, they, they passed the affordable uh, housing on, uh, on the North Fork and I believe Southampton, town of Southampton and uh, Shelter Island. So I hope, I hope that helps the situation. Right, right. I hope so too. Um, how has the sales market been this year so far? The sa sales market, you know, it's different, John. Uh, I have two in contract right now, but the days of uh, the weekend open house and then at the end of that weekend, all the best and finals are due, that's over. That's over. Okay. No more best. And it doesn't go that quick, but they are still getting over asked. All of the sales are going over asked. They're getting their price at plus. Um, it's just not that fast and furious uh, as it's it was in a, in a weekend. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's a lack of inventory. Still, so they are getting their price. So are there still bidding wars? Yes. But, um, you know, it's not, it's not like it was before. It's not as quick. Um, although there's a glut of rental inventory, there's a real lack of sale inventory right now. So, so that is the reason it's just taking a little bit longer, but they're, they're, getting over asked. Wow. Okay. Um, do you think there's been a shift in uh, what buyers want now that uh, people are working, you know, from home? Yes. Yeah. They, they want the home office. They do want the home office. I don't know if, uh, you know, I was just reading in the New York times of an article about the, this woman that's told her husband to get dressed because they were going somewhere. And he said, you know, this is the first time I've worn hard pants. In years, and she said that Webster Dictionary gave her credit for coining hard pants. And she said, I don't think we'll ever go back to full-time nine to five in the office. And I haven't noticed people getting really all that dressed up for work. I don't know if you have. Before yeah, COVID, yeah. everyone was wearing their jackets. And so I don't true. I don't know if we'll go back to that. You know, yeah, so the home office is a big, a big deal. So okay. Um, what kind of advice do you give uh, first-time buyers coming into the market, especially with this market? I actually have about 12 buyers now that I'm looking for, and they have to be patient. The patience is the number one thing. Do not celebrate until you close. Do not celebrate. You sign contracts, everything, you know, 
something can always go wrong to just be patient and the right thing will come along. Okay, good. What do you see the, uh, the market's going to be like just uh, if you were had a crystal ball, you know, for the rest of the year? I think it's leveling off. It's leveling off. I think also uh, landlords have to realize that and they have to be more aggressive in their pricing, more negotiable. Um, and, and I think that will also happen with sales. And, and sellers, do you uh, get, have any tips for them? In other words, like, you know, how to prepare their house? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I just had that. And I, and I just had it with the rental. I'm getting the exclusive rental. Um, just clean it of all debris. Make it as clean and simple as you can. The rental one, I told him, make it look like a hotel. Just make it look like a hotel. It doesn't have to be expensive. It has to be clean, white, bright. And uh, so I've had luck with that lately. I, you know, yeah. my, my, my people have been listening and it's been working. That's yeah, great advice. Um, I had a similar situation and it's, uh, I used the same terminology. I said, make the house look like a uh, Marriott. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be fancy and it doesn't have to be expensive. It has to be clean and light and bright. Right. Exactly. So, uh, Mary, how can, uh, somebody get in touch with you if they have more questions, especially about the North Fork? Well, my email is mary at terrytwinforksrealty.com and also mary.terry at sotheby's.realty. My cell phone is 631-413-7800. What is that again? 631-413-7800. Mary Terry? It's always a pleasure having you on the program. This is John Christopher for broadcasting on the only NPR station on Long Island, WLIW 88.3 FM. Please stay tuned since we'll have a short break and we'll be right back with our next guest. Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host, John Christopher, and today I have insurance expert Sharon Washwick. Hi, Sharon. How are you today? Hi. Doing pretty well. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. I know we were supposed to have your dad on today, but he's on a ship in Portugal, and uh, but I'm, I'm happy he's there, and I'm sure he is, and I'm delighted to have you on instead because I want to ask you a question that goes back to when I was in school. I had friends back then who had the opportunity to go into business with their fathers. And invariably, they said the same thing when I asked them, when you graduate, are you going into business with your father? And what do you think they said? No. That was my answer. No? Your answer was no? My that's, answer that's was weird. no. You know, I it's actually, that's everybody, all my friends at the time said the same thing. And I, I don't know if they ever went in, but so tell us the journey. How did you, how did your, he's a great uh, salesperson, by the way. So oh, yes, sure. he is. And, and I was raised with his uh, metal desk down in the basement with the first big computer. And it just was not something I thought that I would do. He would always mention it. Be like, one day you'll be my partner. I didn't expect to be running um, the agency or anything. I, um, actually went into horticulture. I wanted to open up my own greenhouse. I liked it outdoors. Wow. And um, when I had first had my first two children, I needed flexibility. And my father finally said, um, 
I needed a flexible job and I kept begging him for a job. And he finally said, okay, fine. Give me one year. If you, you work for me for one year, let's see how it goes. And, um, now we're on year 17. So, uh, just about how old were you at that time, by the way, so, how old, um, so let's say my youngest was two. So I think I was 25, 24, okay, so 25. Prior to yeah. that, you weren't necessarily working. You were raising the kids. I was raising the kids and I was in real estate. And I was also working at um, managing one of the farm stands on the side. Wow. So, yeah. You know, it's amazing. I mean, you get it's such a work ethic. You know, it's, I was just talking to a friend of mine. Uh, and she has 50 openings and she can't, you know, for workers and she can't f- fulfill one of them. It, mm-hmm. it, it's fascinating. It's, it's, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. The only way I can fill, fill uh, roles is networking. I forget going on all of the hiring sites, networking and knowing somebody's skills and being like, okay, you're looking for a job because I'm hiring. Go around yeah. doing that. So we've got some pretty awesome people on our team over here. Yeah. Well, you know, they've got you, you know, you and your dad too. So, um, uh, let, let me ask this, um, is there any schooling or licensing program that is, that's required of you to, to sell insurance and what's involved Absolutely. in it? Um, you got to go through a pre-licensing course, um, which, um, you know, takes quite a few hours. I actually went over in, I think it was out in hot Hog or Melville at the time. So I went for a full week, went for training classy, classes, um, then you take a final exam there. Then you had to, I had to go over to, I think it was PSI, which was in Hopbog, and take my licensing test there. Um, I actually still have it somewhere in my files with my picture with my passing grade because I was thrilled. Um, but yeah, you have, to, you have to go through education. The test is not necessarily easy. And then every other year you have to um, go for continuing education, depending upon your date of birth, if you're an odd or an even year. And so I take a lot personally, though, I like to make sure that I'm up to date and our agency is up to date on their inner working. So we, we do a whole lot more than what is required. And I put my team also through a whole lot of um, webinars and videos just to make sure, but the state requirements, yes, you definitely still have to go through classes and be approved and know what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, do you think, um, you know, it's interesting uh, for the real estate license, because you said you had uh, worked in real estate at one point. Um, yep. To me, it seems like you need to get the experience. I mean, the the, uh, the learning is fine until you get out there in the real, real wor- world. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so is that the same with insurance or do you, do they give you enough of a foundation? No, it's the same with insurance. In fact, what I have found easier and what works with our agency that way, or at least our client base is well protected and taken care of is instead of just hiring agents, you know, straight off the ball, Hey, you got your license. I'm going to hire you. Um, they actually go through customer service first. So they work their way up. They are licensed so that they can discuss things if it comes up, but before they can sell, they need to service and have a, um, an understanding of what is going on in the insurance arena. So I think having some experience underneath your belt serves those a lot further because there's a huge difference between what the law says, what the carrier says and what's being implemented. 
So you kind of need to know how to follow the state law requirements, the federal law requirements, then follow the carriers ever increasing requirements, and then make sure that you're matching it up compliantly for the, for the client. Jeez. Uh, it sounds like uh, you're constantly learning. We call it a moving target. <clears throat> my, my father's yeah. words, he calls insurance a moving target. That's probably why I've stayed in it so long. And, you know, now I've given it my lifetime because I'm not going anywhere um, is because it is constantly a new thing of learning. It changes all the time. In fact, half the time I feel like I'm talking to a client. I'm like, you know what? I know that answer, but I'm going to get back to you with the confirmation just in case something didn't change. You know, wow. If something changed, I want to make sure you've got it in writing. That's that's great. So you're very thorough and uh, efficient, too, I'm sure. Um, what do you find most gratifying about insurance? Um, in this day and age, I love talking to the clients. Um, so being able, it's something most people have to have, um, especially, you know, when you're a full service agency and you're from one end to the spectrum to the other, you know, you're doing Medicare, small groups, um, you know, the commercial personal lines. Um, it's something that people have to have. So what I find gratifying about it is being able to talk to them and actually finding meeting their need, talking to them about what they need. And since we're an independent agency, you can match them up to what fits for them. So I love hearing from a client, you know, year after year, you go in the renewal and, hey, how did you like your plan? Any changes you would like? And their response is, no, it's really been working. Well, then we were doing our job well. Something's working. We did it well. So I find that the most gratifying. Well, now, something that you, uh, you guys offer is uh, homeowners insurance and flood insurance. So explain to us what's the difference. Um, well, when you're dealing with Long Island, especially Long Island, uh, although you also we do service other states, you got your homeowner's insurance, <laughs> um, which is really covering, you know, your house and every, um, just think structure, think where you're dwelling. Um, not everybody is covering your flood insurance because just like you saw in, um, <clears throat> with one of the hurricanes many years ago, Sandy and Irene, and you had the floods coming in, um, you need to have flood coverage coming up and hitting your dwelling because if you don't, you're not going to be recouping your costs in the event of a loss. So if you don't have flood insurance, you have homeowner's insurance, you can lose your house through other ways and other means and have it covered. But if you're going to have it with a flood, if you're in a flood zone and you don't have flood insurance and you lose your house, um, not to make a cliche statement there, but you're really up a creek without a paddle. You're, gotcha. you know, yeah. you're sitting on your roof and um, with a boat that isn't going to rebuild something for you. So you need to right. get really when it comes to homeowners insurance, um, you really need to go through um, your coverages to make sure that something wasn't inadvertently excluded because the whole idea is to make sure that if something or fill in the blank event were to occur, you have that coverage that is going to rebuild for you. Um, you want to make sure you have the value of the house um, is up to date. So some people will be like, well, I've got homeowners, I'm covered. Um, well, have you gone through the line items? Do you understand your policy? Because you don't want to have a loss, suffer a loss, pay all that premium and discover that you really didn't understand. And now well, you, lost know, you, 
what's interesting, what you just said, I had a friend uh, who was telling me uh, a few years back, one of the uh, storms, actually, he doesn't live by the water, but his uh, basement got flooded because the water, his water table came up and it was heavy rains, et cetera. And uh, he went to his insurance and they said, sorry, you know, not covered. And he spent yep. $30,000 to redo his basement. <laughs> yep. And people don't realize, and they're spending the premium going, but I had insurance. Um, I use big example when I was first really starting to get into um, the property because we started in the benefits and my, my um, specialty is really benefits um, as well as individual insurance um, for those that are off of the exchange. But we did add the property and casualty and we have the agents here. So um, you can't train somebody unless you know what you're doing. What um, really hit me was my husband was driving his pickup truck with his plow. I didn't realize it was an accessory. I thought if it was on his pickup truck, that it should cover the plow. Well, the plow was a $7,000 plow. He destroyed his pickup truck. Plow was in um, non-usable. We sold it for 500 bucks and the plow was not covered. Saved his life, so I'm kind of happy. However, that taught me early on to make sure that when you're dealing with insurance, you really need to have an understanding of your policy. And that was me That's going amazing. directly to Geico and just throwing something on and paying all this premium. And when I really needed it, it did not restore what we needed to have covered. So right, right. me. So I take we take that mindset to our clients. That's that's great because uh, so many people are you know, think, oh, I've got insurance, and, and in actuality, when something does happen, that it's not there. Yep, got to think yep. about what ifs. You know, um, we have a lot of gig workers out here on the East End, especially real estate brokers, and I know um, a lot of them had a, a hard time finding health insurance besides affordable health care. Um, do you have health insurance? Do you offer that and? Is that more beneficial than the Affordable Health Care Act? Um, well, the Affordable Health Care Act, or what we call in New York, the New York Health Exchange, um, is really a wonderful plan for those that have a lower income. So you can obtain the subsidy or the tax, um, tax break on your premiums that they apply to your premium. So if you're a lower income model, you could sit there and have... Um, you know, something come off of your premium. And that is very helpful for those that can't afford the coverage. For our agency, however, um, we deal with what we would call off of the exchange. If your income exceeds the, the limit in order to obtain a subsidy online, then yes, we are kind of one of those more exclusive brokers. There's not many of them on the island um, where we do consultations for individuals. So, um, we charge a fee to speak with a individual according to their needs. We're not selling them a plan. So the fee is not to sell them a plan. It's really just to direct them on the off exchange um, model. And sometimes we will let them know that what they currently have works better for them, but at least they had a professional um, that knows the market walk them through. But we do walk them through quite a few of the individual off exchange plans and sometimes we find a good fit for them, but at least they know either where they are is a good fit or something that we can assist them with is a good fit. Right. So if, if people have more questions for you, Sharon, uh, how could they reach you? They could reach us at either go directly to our website, 
um, www.washwick, which is W-A-S-H-W-I-C-K.com or call 631-369-0888. Or we have our email that comes to all of our team members over at Team Washwick at team, T-E-A-M, at washwick.com. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Sharon Washwick of the Washwick Agency for your time educating us about insurance. This is John Christopher for Real Life Broadcasting here in the village of Southampton, New York, on the only NPR station on Long Island. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at john.christopher at sir.com. In the meantime, be sure to have an awesome journey. have been listening to Real Life, the program that talks about the people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond with host John Christopher, who also created the music for Real Life. WLIWFM's Delaney Hafner and Kyle Lynch provide production support. Thank you for joining us for Real Life right here on listener-supported 88.3 WLIWFM. Long Island's only NPR station, which you can also find on your favorite streaming apps and at wliw.org radio.